everyone wants to make the most of their life. Pastor and teacher Dr. Bill Galarakis of Columbia Road Baptist Church guides us into that focused and meaningful Christian life that will make a difference today and for eternity. Get ready for our next episode of Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. Here's Pastor Bill. Music is powerful. That's what we're talking about today, music. What effect is your music, the music that you listen to, whether you're just around the house, whether you're at work, whether you're exercising, whether you're driving somewhere, wherever that is, the music, the soundtrack of your life, what effect is it having on your heart and your mind? Is it helping you to live for Christ or is it dragging you down? I promise you that if you're looking for a changed life, your music is a key component to it. Because it has to do with how you think. And when it comes to either living for God or living for ourselves, setting our affections on things above or things of this earth, the mind is the battleground and music is affecting your mind. I remember when I came to faith in Christ at 18 years old, I was listening to pretty much what you would expect an 18-year-old unsaved young man to listen to. I was listening to music that had nothing to do with God, had all sorts of objectionable content to it, and was not edifying. It was not building me up in any way. And I remember going to church and hearing preaching. I remember trying to read my Bible and understand it. And and truth be told, I didn't hear a whole lot in that season of my life on music. But even though I didn't hear a sermon series on music or read books on music, the Spirit of God told me something had to change with my music. I could not continue to listen to these old songs, and claim that I had new life. It just wasn't balancing. And some of the things that the songs were singing about, the words that were being used in them, I knew that if if I had a dedicated Christian in my car with me while I was listening to them, I would have changed the channel. Or this is back when people were listening to CDs, I would have changed the CD. I want to read a Bible verse for you out of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16, it said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What a beautiful verse and the connection here between the word of Christ dwelling in you and teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Good music is connected with the words of Christ, with the word of God. And one of the beautiful things, and and I keep using that word because music is beautiful, and the effect that it has on your life for good can be a beautiful thing. When music dwells in you, it lives there. It's like it moves in. And when it brings the word of God with it, we accomplish what the beginning part of this verse is talking about. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. I want you to know that there have been times when I've tried to memorize scripture passages. I hope you do that, especially with things that uh, you're struggling with. You can find uh, lists of Bible verses that will help you, give you ammunition against those moments of temptations and trials. But I can tell you for sure that I remember more songs than I do Bible verses. I remember more songs than I do Bible verses. Sometimes I remember songs that have Bible verses in them, like we teach kids scripture songs. That's a great way to get that into the hearts and minds of of young people, Um, perhaps your children or grandchildren. 
if you have them. I want to call up a Bible verse at times, but I can't think of the exact one, but I can think of a hymn. I can think of a song, and it has good doctrine in that song, and I'm able to pull out the truth of it, the truth of Scripture, even if I can't think of the exact verse of Scripture. When we listen often to good music, it causes the truth of the Word of God to dwell in us richly. That's what that passage says. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. There's a lot of people that listen to secular music and are Christians. And when they listen to the secular music, perhaps it's a balance between secular and Christian. Maybe it's more Christian than secular. Maybe it's more secular than Christian. We go through different phases in our lives. But I'll tell you, in my life, and the reason why I listen almost exclusively to music that has a Christian theme, the truth of the Word of God to it, is because I want the Word of God to dwell in me richly. And that means singing familiar songs again and again. And those songs, they hide truths in your heart that you'll need later. In that dark moment, there's a song that the Spirit will give you. And it imparts godly wisdom to you. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Right? It's imparting godly wisdom, not secular wisdom. I have listened to music that has a great tune, that has great instrumentation, that is played by good musicians, but the message that it's teaching is not something that I want to stick to me. It's not something that I want to stick to me. And when I go and exercise and in the gym, they're playing whatever secular music that's out there, I'm always amazed at how ungodly the general premises are for most of the music today. It was a number of years ago, but I did a study of the top five songs for each major genre of music, you know, country, R&B, rock, uh, pop. I went through all sorts of different things, and I looked at all of the different themes that were found and, and times when they used foul language that were found in the top songs, the most popular songs in each of the different secular genres that were out there, And I know, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're most likely a follower of Jesus, you're not surprised when I tell you they were terrible. They were terrible. The things that they were encouraging, the immorality that was being encouraged, the wicked thinking that was being encouraged, really has no place in the life of a believer. And see, secular songs, they infect you with their secular wisdom. You might not realize it, but as you listen to it over and over again, it is having an effect. People say that um, you can be brainwashed by listening to different things in your sleep again and again. People will put on headphones or earbuds and they'll listen to things while they're asleep. It's their subconscious absorbing information. And by repeating something often enough, people can control the mind, right? And if any hint of that is true, then while you're listening to secular music, it is having an effect on you. And what you put in will eventually come back out again. And we might not even realize it. I remember going and singing some of these secular songs from um, since I became a Christian, from times when I was uh, exercising different places. And, and then I caught myself singing it, and I'm thinking to myself, what in the world am I doing singing these songs? Singing what's in them, the truth that's in them. Some of us just listen to a song, and we don't even realize the words that are there. We just like the beat. We like the instrumentation. 
Um, we like the artists, and maybe they're very skilled at what they do, and it's the, it's the best kind of stuff to get your heart pumping for when you're doing something like running. But I, I want you to know that those words are sticking to you somehow. It says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Good Christian music teaches us doctrine. Now, before you turn this off, and get, because I said the word doctrine, it is not the boring, dry subject that you think it is. Doctrine simply means what we teach and what we believe. Doctrine is simply what we teach and what we believe, and good Christian music teaches us doctrine. And so I choose to listen to Christian music that has deep truth inside of it. I choose to listen to Christian music that has deep truth inside of it. Here at our church, at Columbia Road Baptist Church, we primarily sing hymns, the the old hymns of the faith. And it's not necessarily because we don't like anything new. It's because when people were writing hymns, especially the hymns that we often listen to of yesteryear, they were filled with great doctrinal truth. And there still are musicians, songwriters, producing songs today that are filled with great doctrinal truth. But there's also a lot of songs today that you would find on a Christian radio station or you would find sung in many churches on a Sunday morning, and there's not great doctrine inside of them. I'm not talking about false doctrine or false teaching, but it's very, very shallow. There's not a lot to it. You're not feeding yourself through it. You're not hiding God's word or the truths, the principles of God's word in your heart by singing them over and over again because what? It's not there. It's not there. It's shallow. It's shallow. I don't think that the people here at our church would put up with shallow preaching for very long. If I just said the same thing over and over again that had no depth to it and no one was being fed, even if it had a Christian flavor to it, I think that they would quickly get bored with it. They would. But you say, there's songs that I like that have a lot of perhaps repetition and other things like that in them. Um, I understand, but it's generally the emotional response that the music is drawing out rather than the teaching of doctrine. It talks about that we're teaching and admonishing one another through these different means, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And teaching, of course, we know what we talk about that, that transfer of information, even on a deeper level, a transfer of life. And admonishing is warning. Good Christian music warns us against sin. It does not, like secular music, glorify sin. It doesn't make it sound fun and good and enjoyable. It calls it out for what it is. And so it warns us. And so it's going to take the proper doctrinal position on sin as it teaches us and admonishes us. You know, our singing helps one another. It says we're teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so I want what I sing or what someone sings around me to be something that's building me up, that's edifying me. It doesn't necessarily need to entertain or impress me, but it does need to help me. God doesn't say much about the music being entertaining. He doesn't say much about it being um, emotional. And, And the reason I touch on that word emotional is because music has a strong power to elicit emotions in someone. I want you to think about listening to your, your favorite, uh, let's say, for example, The Eye of the Tiger from the, the Rocky movies. 
that song while you're lifting weights helps you lift even more than you thought you could. How is that? It affects your emotions and it pumps you up so that you can get it done. You'll notice that if you do go someplace to exercise and they are playing music over the loudspeakers there, they're probably not playing classical strings. (laughs) They're probably not playing slow piano music, are they? What are they doing? They're playing something with a beat that is fast moving. Why? Because it elicits a response. It helps you work out better. And it's possible using certain musical abilities, certain chords, certain ways that something's done, the repeating of a certain phrase over and over again to make you have an emotional response to the music. Now, you might say, is that a bad thing? Well, maybe not on the surface, but man is a trichotomy, as the theologians might say. We are three parts. We are spirit and soul and body. And when we worship God, and I'm talking specifically about maybe music in a worship service or when you're singing to your, in your own private time alone and you're singing to God, the music that we're singing ought to first be to the spirit and not the soul. You see, inside of our soul is our intellect, emotion, and will. Our intellect is how we think, our emotion is how we feel, and our will is what we decide to do. And if we have an emotional response and in our soul and never make it all the way to worshiping God in our spirit through that music, you run the danger of going and listening to something and feeling like you had this experience and walking away unchanged, walking away without doctrine put in your heart, walking away without having communed with God in your spirit. And a lot of modern-day churches and the modern contemporary worship scene, they can, because of the nature of the music, end up, unfortunately, causing those that come to say, that was great, that was amazing, that really got my blood pumping, my hands were in the air, I was jumping up and down, I was saying those phrases over and over and over again until they just resonated with me. But they never actually met with God in spirit. It's like they got the symptoms, but not the core. Symptoms, not a great word. They got maybe the secondary trappings, but they never got the core of it. Now, of course, it can be said with the the hymns of the faith that they can be sung like a funeral dirge. They can be sung and there's uh, there's no joy, there's no grace. We'll talk about that, singing it in our heart in a certain way, with gratitude, with liveliness. And so I understand that there are trappings In different areas, there can be problems with different styles of singing. But when we sing and we're worshiping, we ought to aim for the spirit and not just the soul. We don't want to just have people have an emotional response when they come to our churches. Uh, We want them to have a spiritual encounter with God himself. That's what we desire, is to have a spiritual encounter with God himself. So when we think about the music that we listen to ourselves. When we think about the music that you and I, on a regular basis, pop into our ears through our earbuds, uh, what we're listening to in the car as we're traveling, and we think about that music, what effect is it having on you? For me, I want to make sure that I am not just hearing something that sounds good, but that there's greater depth to it. It uses these words in this passage like psalms, 
and hymns and spiritual songs. You say, well, what's the difference between these these different words? Well, psalms are quite honestly referring to the psalms, right? The, the Old Testament truths that we find put to music, many of them written by, excuse me, by David and others. Some of them were not entirely sure who the human penman is. We know that they are, of course, inspired by God because they're in the word of God. And hymns are other songs of praise, not necessarily just the, the psalms, but other songs of praise. And if you're wondering what the term spiritual songs is and what the difference is between the other two, it's really there as a way to show the opposite of secular songs. Spiritual songs versus secular songs. Is it wrong to listen to a secular, ta- a secular song? Maybe it doesn't teach anything ungodly or use bad language. And the answer is no, but we are called to teach and admonish one another through these different things. And so we would choose not to sing a secular song inside of our church service. In fact, I don't listen to much secular music uh, in general. There is times when I do, but it's very rare. It's usually instrumental. It's usually something uh, relaxing. But we are called to something greater. And if it's not wrong, that's not a good enough reason to listen to it when there's something better to listen to. A lot of people want to find the minimum requirements to live the Christian life. And they say, well, what's wrong with it? Well, what's wrong with that? Well, maybe there's nothing, quote, wrong with it. But let me ask you the other question. What's right about it? What's right about it? How is it helping you? How is it the best thing for you? The last part of this verse says, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Don't just listen, sing. You don't have to be a good singer. You don't have to be a skilled singer. No one else has to enjoy hearing you. The, the Bible says that the, the Lord, he, he hears that joyful noise and, and he delights in that. But when we sing and we mean the words that we're singing, it helps us to enter into worship, especially in a church service, but also when we're by ourselves. I try and take time daily to open and read my Bible, to pray to God, sometimes to read some books that help me get spiritually minded, devotional books. And there are times when I will also sing in those, in those uh, still moments before the Lord. It's a great thing. I think that many people are scared to sing in church or in front of others because they're worried about what they'll think of them. I know I remember being like this. I, I was not trained how to sing I don't have the, the best range of people. There are much better singers in our church around me. But this is not a performance. We are participating in this. And so in my car, I'm going to be singing. I'm going to be that guy that you pull up next to at the, the traffic light, and it looks like I'm just enjoying myself singing, and everyone looks at me perhaps like I'm crazy. But I want you to do the same thing. We should be singing with grace in our hearts. We're filled with what God has done for us. We have that gratitude that pours off of us. It's not about skill. It's about singing with that grace in your heart. It says that we sing it to the Lord, right? The very next verse after this talks about how we ought to do all things to the Lord. Verse number 17 says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Whatsoever we do in word or deed, it says here we're singing to the Lord with grace in our hearts. If the music that you're listening to, you could not listen to it in front of Jesus, you could not sing it to Jesus, 
then I say, friend, you ought not be listening to it. It's not helping you. It's pulling you back. It's holding you back. It's keeping you in the patterns of the old life and not the new life. There are Christians who have no problem with that at all. They say, well, I like it, and what I like, I like, and I'm just going to listen to it. You can do that, but you're not going to have the transformational experience that I think, deep down, you really want to have. And so I want you, the next time that you turn on the radio, the next time that you uh, start streaming music on your phone, I want you to think about what you're listening to. Could you listen to it if Jesus was riding next to you in the car? Could you listen to it out loud if he was next to you at work or at the gym or wherever it is that you end up listening to music? I know that you walk in a store and if they're playing music or you walk into a gym or you walk somewhere and they're playing music, you don't have control over that. I understand that. What I'm talking about is how we intentionally use music in our lives and it can dwell in us richly and it can bring us doctrine, it can bring us encouragement, It hides those truths away so that we can pull out a song when we need it. We sing with grace in our hearts, and we do it as unto the Lord. I want to thank you so much for your good attention today, and I hope that you will make great choices with the music that you listen to. And we are so blessed, by the way. Before I end here, I just want to say there's so much good music out there that talks about the Lord. The English language has been blessed with so many books about the Lord that are so helpful and so many songs about the Lord that are so helpful. And so when we have such a wealth to choose from, let's choose the best. Thanks for tuning in to Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to catch our next episode. To hear even more of God's Word, we invite you to join us this Sunday either in person at Columbia Road Baptist Church, North Olmsted, Ohio, or online at columbiaroad.org slash live, YouTube, or through our mobile app. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Remember, let's be more than hearers. Let's be doers. Live out the truth of God's Word this week, and you'll change people's lives and their eternities. Until next time, thanks for listening and may God bless you.